Transcripts and recordings of the podcast may not be used for any purpose without the direct written permission of the podcast owner. Welcome to Light It Up, a podcast about resilient women balancing motherhood, their careers, personal lives, and all of the challenges that come along with being a superwoman. Each week, you'll be motivated to take action to lead, inspire, transform, and empower. Now, here's your host, Dr. Regina Mashira. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Light It Up. I am your host, Dr. Regina Mashira. Very excited about this episode because I have Dr. Feeney Skeins, who has come back to join us as she promised in the episode a couple of weeks ago. Um, So she has agreed to come back and join us on this week's episode of Light It Up. Welcome, Dr. Feeney. How are you? I'm well, Dr. Gina. How are you today? Doing very well. And I want to go publicly by saying happy, well, I've wished you a happy birthday, but you've celebrated a birthday since you were last on the show. So happy birthday again to you. Thank you so much. Um, my birthday season is just always so much fun for me. It's, it's really a time where I get to pause and reflect on all of the great things that have happened over the last year. And so I use I usually really think about it as a season of celebration. Good, good, good. And I hope you're still celebrating. It's wrapped up now. (laughs) Okay. You're not like some folks who like draw it out and celebrate the entire month. No, not a whole month, just (laughs) a few days and that's it. Okay. So when, when you were on um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about a lot, um, but One topic that we agreed that we would come back to the table to discuss was blended families. And Mm -hmm. so I want to use this time because the last few um, episodes of the podcast, you know, I've talked about my own experience going through a divorce and raising three children. And um, I also had two of my cousins on the uh, podcast who talked about their journey with raising their children as single moms. And for some of us who have gone through a divorce or maybe not been married, but have children and then decide that they want to jump into another relationship and give it a try. Sometimes what comes along with that decision is the blending of families. And that can be, um, sometimes it can be a challenging situation, but other times it can work out just, you know, very well. So why don't we, you know, take a little bit of time and kind of talk about um, your experience and why this particular topic is so near and dear to you. Well, you have opened up Pandora's boxes. So, you know, listen, that, that's probably seven, uh, seven <laughs> podcast episodes. But you know what, um, Dr. Gina, it really wasn't until I was married um, for the second time and in a blended family that I realized uh, even the depth of my own understanding for why I have such a soft spot or proclivity to support blended families. And so it really started before my marriage and I didn't even realize that it actually started with my grandparents and so let me talk a little bit about that so my grandfather um who I knew as my grandfather I wasn't probably an adult before it registered ever in my mind though I knew it that he was actually my step-grandfather wow okay but I knew that right so but it was just that he all well some of it was because He was married to my grandmother before I was born. Mm -hmm. We lived in Arkansas. Um, My mom and I lived in Arkansas when I was a a child. Mm -hmm. Um, My biological grandfather still lived in Chicago. And so by the time we moved back to Chicago when I was seven, my grandfather died when I was, my biological grandfather died when I was eight. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really spend, you know, as much time with him. 
Although I spent a lot, I've spent a lot of time with my biological grandfather's family, mm -hmm. but just in terms of who I knew, who, you know, took me to church and carted me around, it was my grandfather. It was my step-grandfather. Okay. Um, and so I, I never even realized how that just set the foundation of who I was, right? And so it was never like I was his wife's grandchild. It was, I was his grandchild so much so that nobody would have ever known that he was my step-grandfather. Though my mother called him George, right? So it, it's just kind of this interesting backstory. And so my parents, um, you know, not having been together, my dad remarried and, you know, mm -hmm. I was uh, blessed, privileged to have um, a stepmother. In fact, I ended up having another one, but my younger sister's mom, um, who my dad was married to, another one, always treated me like she was just always great to me. And so she's still Mama Cynthia to me, like to this day, right? Like she's not my stepmother or my sister's mother. She's Mama Cynthia, um, just a woman who's played such an instrumental part in who I am as an adult. Did Not even putting the pieces together. And then I was amazingly blessed to have a stepfather. And so I, I've had these generations of step parents, but what I knew was a community who loved me and supported me and took care of me. And it was never any odds or any tension about who I belong to. I belong to the community and the community loved me and the community invested in me so much. So like my stepfather and I were like two peas in a pod, you know, up until he made his transition. Um, and so he loved me and took care of me. And my stepfather, you know, being a lot older than my mom, had raised his own grown kids. So here it is again. He's stuck, you know, with an 11-year-old. And he's like, uh, but our bond just worked. And my stepfather and my father were friends. And they, they respected one another. And uh, once I became an adult, like, they both would come over for Father's Day and it was no jockeying for position, right? One was my dad and one was Big Daddy and that was just it. Mm -hmm. So when I got remarried, all I knew was the healthy blending of families. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's just been my experience. And so now, you know, I find myself um, as the parent in a blended family situation. And so um, I'll be married again, eight years uh, in August. And so- Ended up on my second go round marrying my childhood sweetheart, absolutely my best friend. Mm -hmm. But that came with some blending of families. You know, I came in with two biological um, children. He came in with one biological son. Um, but the interesting thing is, you know, unlike a lot of males, you know, where the, the child is coming up on the weekends, mm -hmm. that was the story when we were dating and up through the first few months of our marriage. But my third son, my bonus son, mm -hmm. not my stepson by any stretch of the imagination, right? I have three children, two of who I, whom I gave birth to, but three of whom I love. Um, he, he lived with us. Okay. So my blending is like deep. It's every day. So you see the history? I see. <laughs> but I, and, and listening to you talk about your, your grandfather, your step-grandfather, you know, mm -hmm. and well, first during that time, right. It was, may not have been necessarily very common. I don't know. Obviously the divorce rate now is much higher than what it was then, but um, it just shows that you were given, you had this foundation for, as you stated, the community raised you, right? And so there was no distinction, um, which is something that you don't necessarily see today with a lot of, you know, blended families. Um, how do you think that, um, I guess, the foundation that you were raised upon helped with you being able to transition into your own blended family? Was it just absolutely no question that, you know, these are your children without question? Um, 
you know, where there just wasn't an issue? Did you have to sit down and talk about how things were gonna, you know, how things were gonna go? Because you mentioned that your your son, when you were dating your then uh, boyfriend, significant, I, I don't know what you call him as an adult, Chris. but- Chris. Chris. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you were dating Chris, was there any type of conversation about, you know, well, when we get married, he's going to come and live with us or did it just. Um, so if I could talk candidly about that process, right. And so let me just say something else about blended family. So not only is my own household blended, but mm-hmm. my ex-husband um, now has two more children with his wife. And so though, you know, I've raised our two kids together in my household, he doesn't live very far from us. And especially now that the kids are older and can drive that, you know, they're over there all the time, but he has these two additional children Mm -hmm. who in my mind are not additional, right? So I don't think of them as your little brother and sister or your half brother and sister. Those are just your siblings who happen not to share the same mom. And so I also Mm -hmm. have the dynamic of like, what does that look like for my children to have siblings of whom I didn't birth? So mm-hmm. there are a lot of dynamics to this. And so, um, honestly, my my husband was, he, my husband is an amazing father. And so he spent a lot of time, um, my other son, Chris Jr., CJ, lived in Florida, and then they ended up moving to Washington. So my husband spent a lot of time traveling, going to see him. And mm-hmm. there was no doubt that if kind of ever, you know, he... And Monique, that's uh, Chris Jr.'s mom, mm-hmm. you know, had a conversation and it's like, hey, let's make a decision for him to live with you all. There was never any question. Okay. But it was actually Monique who kind of made the decision, like he's getting a little bit older. Mm-hmm. I think he should come live with you. Now, prior to that, um, so my husband is a firefighter. Okay. And so, you know, firefighters, 24 hour shifts, right? And so before he and I were actually married, while Chris Jr. was visiting in the summer, well, like Chris Jr. was either going to be with me or was going to be with his grandmother, Chris's mom. And so we were finding that, you know, we have three kids the same age. Well, a lot of times he was with me. Mm -hmm. And so you're with me without your dad. So now you're kind of in my care. And I finally said to Chris, like, listen, I just think that Monique and I should have a conversation because as a mother, as a woman, if my child is in somebody's care for 24 hours and their father of whom I released them to is not around, I just think that the right thing to do is to have a conversation about what this relationship should look like. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted her to understand, like, you don't have to call Chris to figure, you know, if you need to get to him or if you have a question or a concern, like, you know, you and I can talk. And so I initiated the conversation like, hey, Monique, like, let's just talk about what this is going to look like. So this was prior to our marriage. By mm-hmm. no means has it always been easy. Um, yeah, Monique is an amazing mom. A lot of times we just see things differently, but mm-hmm. we have a common interest that we both love him, right? Mm-hmm. And so even in our house, one of the things that I've always instilled in, Chris and I have instilled in all three of our children is like, though, you know, your dad and I are divorced, or you know, though Monique and Chris are not together, your other parent is still a part of our family because they're a part of you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I regard to how I'm feeling about, you know, uh, their dad or how he's feeling. Like, you know, so we just have always been very respectful about, like, there are no secrets in conversation, or I don't not talk about the relationship that I had with their dad because mm-hmm. Chris is around, because I can't discount the part, the fact that that's just part of they are so it's a lot of work though a lot of work and a (laughs) lot of maturity because as you're talking (laughs) I mean I don't have that I my ex-husband and I we've been divorced it will be eight years in November I have not remarried he has not remarried I was in a um a relationship that lasted a lot longer than his relationship, although he was uh, supposed to get married, like s- sort of like after our divorce, almost immediately after our divorce, but that's a different topic for a different day. <laughs> so as you can probably tell, there was not, you know, 
a positive interaction when it came to the, the conversation about blending of families just because of the way that that process was going. Um, and that's why I say it takes a lot of maturity because when there are, and, and by no means do I think that everything, you know, you have to get to a place where you can work together. And I think it really happens when you begin to A, remove the emotions that you have out of the way, and then think about the bigger picture, which of course are the children. Because there was something that you said about, you know, you don't um, withhold any conversations or discussions about your children's biological dad just because Chris is around because their dad is still a part of them. And so you, I, I feel like you have to always remember that, you know, your children have two parents and, and where possible, you should always try to make sure that your conversations are positive, despite what's, what's going on because of the impact that that will have on your child. And I know I had to um, check myself or maybe my daughter checked me <laughs> one day because I remember saying something, not that it was negative, about my ex-husband. I was just saying the difference in how we parent or how we do things. And she said to me, she said, you do know that he is a part of me too. So when you say things like that, you know, you started talking about me too. And I was like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. And I don't know if it's because, you know, I my parents were married until my dad passed away. So I don't necessarily know that world in terms of having a step parent or going in between um, parents, but I do have an older brother who um, would come to visit us for the weekend. So I do remember how that made me feel um, growing up because there was this, you know, there was a difference. We didn't live in the same household. So the set of rules that were in my household you know, the way my um, brother Jamil and I were raised. Well, my other brother had different set of rules because he lived with his, his mom, you know? Mm -hmm. So even with that, when, when you're talking about blended families and you have two households and two sets of rules, perhaps, how, how do you, um, you know, talk through or, or come to some type of agreement in terms of how the children are going to be raised and what rules apply to your home? Are there different set of rules? How does that work? So this is where the rubber meets the road. Okay. Um, so first of all, it took a lot of calibrating for Chris and I to figure out how we were going to navigate um, the dynamics. And so um, in a lot of ways, my ex-husband made it easy for me um, because he's, he wasn't necessarily overbearing. It was kind of an unspoken understanding mm -hmm. um, that my rules just kind of apply, right? Not in a controlling way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he would fight me about it only, you know, on some things. Um, or he would say to me, like, why do you care if they're at my house? And I, I'm like, listen... Well, the thing is they're with me so much that just, it relieves my own nervousness if you can just keep me informed of certain things. So there were some times when we had conflict, right? But for the most part, we never really had to argue about rules too much because it, in a lot of ways he deferred to what my rules were or what my expectations were, especially around school. So I would say that he's definitely, and he'll say like, what did your mother say about school? Now there's some other things that we disagree on, especially as the kids have gotten older. Like I think that he may let them stay like they're at your ha his house too late, right? And I'm like, yeah, but that's because you don't have to argue with, you know, my baby son getting up in the morning. So like when you all have hung out, yeah, well, you'll be asleep when I'm fighting him in the morning. So sometimes we'll bump heads on that a little bit. But um, I think that part about the rule navigation has been a little bit, um, that hasn't been too much of a conflict with me and their dad. Mm -hmm. Now, the rules, um, and even with Chris Jr., it's interesting because my husband is more so like, what I said goes in my house and that's just that. And so that's just been the standard of um, how we've operated. But I've had to 
in a lot of ways, in my opinion, helped Chris refine his belief system because I have said to him, like, I think that even though we're raising him in our house, that you could do a better job of communicating with his mom. Mm -hmm. It might be your way and it might be your rules, but at the end of the day, she's still his mom. And even if you're going to make the decision, you owe her a conversation about the decision, mm -hmm. right? And so... I'm like, I'm a mom. I, I don't have to always agree with her to say like from a mother's perspective. So our rules have kind of been our rules. Mm -hmm. um, when my daughter, she might've been about maybe 13 or 14. I, I really realized that there was really only one instance when she may have tried to um, kind of pit me and her dad against one another. Mm -hmm. And the minute that I realized what was happening, I was like, hey, get your dad on speakerphone. Mm -hmm. and, and I just said very clearly, like, listen, uh, you know what? Me and your dad can actually fight with one another mm -hmm. without your intervention. And so, you know, and we, we just had a conversation with her, like, we're not, we still love you collectively. So mm -hmm. our rules are just, they worked for our family. Um, and that's just been that. I needed to talk to you about eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> because we and you know what actually I think maybe if I um I think I have to change my outlook on um on just the entire situation so whereas as you were talking about educational decisions for example your ex-husband defers you whatever you you know Mm -hmm. And as you were saying that, I thought about my ex-husband who even when we were married, it was the same because I, you know, you and I both, we work in education. So, mm -hmm. but for me, I kind of, I, I wanted him to be more involved, not necessarily in, or at least have an opinion or show some type of interest or something like that. You know what I mean? So that's where my frustration came in or comes into play because I have a certain expectation, but then if I actually take a step back and think about it, he's probably allowing me to operate in my lane because he views that as that's an area in which he considers me to be an expert in. So I think it's all about how you look at the situation and how you, um, you know, in order to approach it in a healthy way. So this and is I didn't say it doesn't bother. Sometimes it bothers me, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that's who he was when we were married. And so mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is, if you all, if we could have worked those things out, we probably wouldn't have gotten divorced. So mm -hmm. fundamentally, that's just where we're different. So people are who they are, right? And if it didn't change when we were married, I just guess I didn't expect that it would change when we were divorced. And so... You know, there's some things that bother me, but I can either spend, really what I find that happens is um, if you spend time wallowing in your past relationship, then that, that sucks the energy out of the energy that you need to effectively parent your kids. And so it's just a matter of like, where do you want to invest your energy? Am I going to invest it in the hurt of the past? Or am I going to invest my energy in what's happening with my children? And sometimes in relationships, we get so caught up on how we hurt, how we got hurt that sometimes we forget like, well, what did you bring into the situation that may have been hurtful? Right. Very true. All very true. Well, I know the one, one of the ways in which I operate, I just do what I want to do. What I think is best for my children because at the end of the day, they're with me, you know, they're with me. So yeah. it, it, it really is at this juncture there's no conversation, no discussion. I make the decisions and that's just the way it is because A, you know, like you said, you know how the person was prior to, so you can't expect them to change. And I had to, it took me really about, I would say probably a good two years to get to the point where it just absolutely did not bother me. Like I began to function as if there's no reason for me to have this expectation because it's going to lead to me being more and more frustrated. So I learned how to release that. Now, one, um, one thought that came to mind um, is as far as the children are concerned, 
how was that a smooth transition in terms of the siblings getting along and just kind of gelling or um so they did well um for the most part i think that monty and cj which were my two biologically Mm -hmm. I thought that they did a really good job of embracing Chris Jr., especially because Imani and CJ are only less than 14 months apart, about 13 and a half months. So they've always been really two peas in a pod. Mm -hmm. So for them to accept in a third person, you know, given this close dynamic, mm -hmm. I thought was um, it tra the transition went better than I thought it would. Mm -hmm. um, the transition with the, um, you know, us functioning in the role of an additional parent, that took some time, you know, uh, Chris Jr. has spent the previous, you know, 11 years, 11 and a half years of his life with his mom, uh, his mom and I have a very different um, kind of parenting style, she, she I, I guess, I can speak for my parenting style, right, I'm, I'm very direct, and I'm I said what I said, you'll do what I say, and I'll listen to you, but, you know, there, I, I'm, I'm firm in my delivery, and so sometimes, I didn't realize until he was older, and I'm just non-negotiable, but yet I'm compassionate and supportive, so sometimes I think it was more firm than what was emotionally safe and comfortable for him. Mm -hmm. um, it took Monty and CJ a, a while to realize, like, that Chris is not a replacement, that he's an addition, but we never stop saying that to them, right? And we never stop um, making sure that their other parent was just a part of our household. And so we believe in a dinner table discussion. Like mm -hmm. as they were going through um, their preteen years and their teenage years, we we ate, you know, two of them off in college now. Um, so we just stuck with uh, Cavell Jr. But uh, we ate dinner at the table probably five nights a week, whether it was takeout, whether it was, um, you know, whatever, right? Just nachos. Like we sat down at a table, all five of us, and we talked. And I, that's why I'm such a, so I, I have this concept of what I call dinner discussions, like the healing of the family. I just believe that families can heal and overcome anything at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of how we have been able to survive is that time at the dinner table and we'll do fun stuff. Like we might do something or we go in a circle and whoever is to your immediate left, you have to say something positive about that person. Okay. We might, and then we might go in reverse and like give that person a piece of feedback, something they can work on. So we've just had a bunch of conversations. We'll tell stories about, Chris might tell a story about, you know, when he was dating Monique, I might tell a story about when I was dating their dad. We we openly say stuff like I'll say even in front of Chris, like, you know, yes, I loved your dad. Like that was never any question because they have to feel like safe in their space. And, you know, but it's a lot of work. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's a lot of work. Did, did, did you ever, how long were you divorced before you got remarried or before you even started dating Chris? So not long, either oh. one of us, not long. Mm -hmm. So Cavell and I actually both got married pretty quickly. Okay. Um, so our legal divorce took a lot longer than- <laughs> Oh, you know <laughs> a that. Lot, a lot longer. So um, I would say we yeah, that, that's kind of hard just because it was yeah. that great area of the legal divorce. So, right. I mean, honestly, in a kid's world, probably very soon after, you know, um, for Monty and CJ, for both of their parents to have gotten remarried, it was pretty soon after. Do, did you ever think about what type of impact that would have on them? Or were you, I don't know how I want to phrase that question. I mean, you know, whether, was there ever any concern about starting another relationship? Because I assume they were relatively young too, right? Because I mm -hmm. think your son and daughter are like a couple of years older than my twins. Because I, I did. Mm -hmm. I thought about it, you know, in hindsight and maturity, are there some things I would have done differently? Uh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think that I did some other things kind of the right way. Yeah. So um, I did think about the impact. Mm -hmm. 
right? Yeah. I'm, I'm cautious about that though, because sometimes, and this is just my opinion and, and people have to do what they, you know, what's best in their household dynamics. But sometimes I think that well, I can speak for women mm-hmm. don't want to move on because they don't want this concept of bringing another man around. So That's you can find yourself Mm-hmm. yourself stifled um, and you can find your children manipulating your life mm-hmm. because they don't want another man around right like so I think it's a delicate balance I definitely don't think that everybody that you date should meet your kids mm-hmm. I think that there has to be a vetting process that goes along with that but I also don't think that you should not engage in another relationship it's, it's actually a manipulative thing to allow kids to do to an adult. Right. And that's actually where I wanted to get to because um, I, now I dated, I started dating soon after my divorce or probably before divorce was finalized. I don't know because um, the marriage was over like a really long time, you know, before the divorce was finalized. But I did not, I waited an entire year before I introduced my children to the man that I was dating, they knew about them, you know, they heard me on the phone or what have you knew that there was someone I was seeing. But until I really knew that this person would be around. Um, but I will say that for myself, it's, I don't think my children have, have ever tried to manipulate the situation. In fact, they've actually encouraged me to date. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just too picky <laughs> because, you know, and I tell, I do tell men up front, if I don't think that you're going to be somebody that I'm going to keep around and maybe I don't say it like that. Maybe I say it a little bit nicer, but I will tell people that I am not quick to introduce my children to anyone that I'm dating because the one thing I don't want there to be like, and not that I'm dating a bunch of men, but I don't want the perception that there's like this revolving door of different people. And if it's somebody who I feel like I can be serious about or what have you. So in the time that I've been divorced, my children have actually only met three men Mm -hmm. and two of whom are legitimately just friends now at this at this point you know one I dated a little bit longer um but otherwise that you know so I do think that as women as mothers we can um also use our children sometimes as an excuse or reason Mm -hmm. not to move on and try to develop um, another relationship I know that I have also been concerned about the dynamic of, um, especially because I have teenagers, um, you know, at this, at this juncture, having, even thinking about getting married, if I were dating anyone seriously, and my mind has gone to the place, well, they're getting ready to go to college next year. And then I have one more who will be home um, for four years, and then I can be free to do whatever I want to do. But I also can't keep my life on hold until 2025 either. Right. So, and then I think that it is good for kids to see healthy relationships, right? So um, let me say this. I don't know what life would have been like had it not been Chris. Mm -hmm. So my situation was different because, you know, Chris and I have been friends and since we were 10, 11 years old, right? Like we were high school sweethearts and we went our separate ways and, you know, that's just how life took us. So there was a different kind of history there with Chris and I, I don't know what life would have been like had it not been Chris and in terms of me dating. I'm sure I would have been much more guarded, but I will say that I believe that it is important for kids to see healthy relationship interactions. And so one of the things that I I know that my kids have really learned from Chris is how, what it looks like for a man to love a woman and to respect a woman and to go to the ends of the earth for a woman. And so um, I think that's okay, right? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it, it, and they see different dynamics of 
relationships and marriages. So your dad is remarried and like, what does that mean? And, you know, so I think it's okay. I, I don't want my kids to ever feel like, oh, if a relationship ends, like your life ends. Well, you know, you go through some hurdles. Divorce is hard. I'll tell anybody going to a, through a divorce, though you might want the divorce, there's still a period of grief. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a loss. It's the loss of what you've known. So it's hard, but there is life on the other side of a divorce if you are willing to live it. Absolutely, it it certainly is. I know in the time that I was dating, um, I remember. So the man that I dated, he passed away. Um, it'll be three years in September that he passed away. And I remember him saying to, he would send flowers, you know, he would, he would be there for every activity for my children or what have you. And I remember him sitting down at the table, we were at dinner saying to them, saying to my son, I want you to see how a man should treat a woman. And he told my girls, I want you to see, you know, how you should be treated. And, and I remember him telling me just how important that was to him that he demonstrated that to them and always, you know, showing respect, you know, for me. And I think that that's what my children miss seeing because they know that I was very happy, you know, then and they saw that I was in a totally different place than where I was when I was married to their father. So I am grateful, you know, for that, that they were able, you know, to see that. Um, but, but, you know, actually, uh, Agina, one of the hardest things about a blended family is not what happens in my household. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the most difficult things about a blended family is the holidays. Mm-hmm. It's the holidays. It's how you're going to split time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I think me and my ex-husband probably have disagreed the most around holidays and, you know, what time and whose time. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we, we have, it's a point of contention mm-hmm. it, it, and it always has been in my mind. I think I've tried to be like fair because they have always spent a lot of um, holiday time, even with his side of the family. Right. And I don't want to divorce the family to snatch that away. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's different now. And so holidays are, are tough or like, if we're going to travel, it's like, okay, is Chris jr. You know, is he spending time with his mom and his grandparents or like it's the navigating holidays that's the challenge most challenging or there have been times when the holidays have just been me and Chris because I've conceded and the kids have all you know three of them have been with their other families but it's coming up with what's what's gonna work for the holidays that can cause some fights so how do you get through that? I mean, just you fight it out. To fight it out, or, <laughs> and then somebody gives it. And how old your how old are your children? But they're all. So now my youngest is seventeen. My other two are eighteen. Um, now they do what they want to do, right? right? Like, <laughs> realistically, I'm like, this is what we're doing, yeah. and they'll just say like, "Oh, my dad," you know, uh, like Granny is doing, and she's cooking at mm-hmm. this time. I'm gonna go over there and blah blah blah. So now it just kind of works out. They're older, but when they were younger, yeah, I can imagine. Was challenging, yeah, yeah, I and yeah, right, and. and and their dad and I, though we actually have a parenting agreement that spells out the holidays, neither one of us stuck to it, right? So then it's like, well, we're not going to stick to it when it's convenient. Either we stick to it or we don't stick to it. So the holidays um, and, and all kind of special occasions, mm-hmm. celebrations and all of this other stuff. You know, one of the things that I think any parent has to do in a blended family is they have to set the expect expectations with their family. Like, you know, um, you have to set the expectations with your family. I just kind of leave it at that. Like just in terms of how to engage with your children, that has also been in some, for a bunch of reasons, kind of a, a point of contention too, mm-hmm. around what you allow to be said about the other parent, you know, like what you will defend in the kid's presence and, you know, 
Yeah. And it's it's hard because there's still emotions that are wrapped up in it. Even though you've walked away, it, it can get challenging. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm respectful. Like, I people may think, like, I don't necessarily post uh, Chris Jr. on social media, like mm -hmm. as much as I post my own kids. Mm -hmm. But you know why? Not because he's not as important to me. Um, like my husband doesn't post him a lot, right? So I kind of like follow the lead in that kind of way. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I will, but there are little things like I, I kind of try to defer to what's comfortable for for Chris and for his mom. And so some stuff is gonna be a little bit different. And, and you know, Chris and I have, we don't always see eye to eye yeah. on, you know, how we raise all three of them. So mm -hmm. I think it's just a lot of calibrating around the value system. Yeah. And it, I think it's also um, helpful when you have uh, similarities as far as your values are concerned as well. Of course, that's gonna kind of help ease some of um, the challenges that that you may have. What advice can you give um, moms and dads out there who are <laughs> on the verge of blending families? Um, yeah, give us some advice. So let me let me give some advice. Some of which I have taken my own advice, and some of which I haven't, and I should have. Number one. Um, it is check your own maturity. Check what energy that you bring into the situation, right? And so we're adults mm -hmm. and we've had previous relationships and, and that's just that. And so it's really what um, being mature about what you bring to the situation is one. Mm -hmm. Number two is family therapy and it's couples therapy early on. Mm -hmm. um number three sit down and have a conversation around what what will blended families look like for us just go ahead and have that conversation mm -hmm. um and I will say another thing never ever never ever my oh, one of my teachers will say we don't use double negatives <laughs> but never ever have use language that indicates that they're not all three children so I never say Chris's son you know like mm -hmm. to describe Chris Jr it's mm -hmm. our children it mm -hmm. is my children it is and, and that's just that so now you'll hear me say Chris's mom Chris you know I call him CJ mm -hmm. CJ's mom is Monique but he's still my child yeah and it, it like it's, it's that simple right so I think it's also considering the language that gets used. Um, so it's maturity. Hey, what do your biological children call Chris? And what does Chris Jr. call you? Oh, by first name. So, okay. yep, he calls me Femi and they call him Chris. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. So it doesn't, uh, yeah, it, it just kind of like, it's funny when they call him Chris, it's almost like a term of endearment. So, mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't as concerned about the titles as yeah. I was about like, but I still love you and respect mm -hmm. you. And, you know, and that's just that. So mm -hmm. I like that you mentioned um, family and couple therapy, because we know in our community in the past, now I won't say today, because I think as a community, we've gotten a lot better with going, you know, seeking assistance when, when it's needed. Um, do you recommend therapy prior to um, the finalization of the blended family? Like, if, you know, at the point in which you know that you're going to blend the family, do you recommend going into therapy at that point at the dating stage? Well, when the dating is serious, was sure I would say yes mm -hmm. um because I think that it's just a, a regular part of a maintenance routine so I will say yes you know to do some of that and then to also make sure that you you know that you're spending just some fun times together that creates memories for that family mm -hmm. you know whether that's bowling whether that's going out to dinner we've gone on a lot of vacations together and all of those kinds of things and so um, I do think that therapy is good. And though in our community, 
I think that we have gotten a lot better about therapy being an option. I don't know that we're at that point about marriage counseling, right? Uh-huh. Because we're at that, like, yeah. you're not in my business. Kind of. yes. <laughs> we don't put people in our business. So I think that we can probably, there's room for growth when it comes to marriage counseling. Um, you know, I've given you some like very real strategies, mm-hmm. but any, it's not easy. I, I really want to reiterate that because I, I think that in some ways I may be oversimplifying it, but at the end of the day, it is, it's tough. It's emotionally draining. There'll be some things that you all would never just agree on. And it's, you know, you have to make up in your mind. Like I have made up in my mind. I love my husband, right? I don't want to lose my husband over this issue so what will I have to let go of or what will I have to concede to for this to work and then there's also some Mm non-negotiables I think though that people you have to see people for who they are I think that the reason sometimes blended families really struggle is because people overlook how that other person was treating the child before the marriage if somebody is treating your child um as if they are kind of a second-class citizen, I don't care how well they treat you. That's not the person that you should marry. And so one thing I can say 125%, Chris loves my children. He will go to the ends of the earth for them. And so, you know, it's no, I treat this one one way and I treat this one another way. Um, People, women, I can speak for women, (laughs) Keep an eye on what are some things that you're seeing and you don't ignore those signs. You know, we want companionship and love, but not at the cost of somebody mistreating your child because what will happen is that can break the relationship that you have with your child and you and you may never recover from it. Absolutely. That Now that definitely is uh, great advice. <laughs> um, and I will say this, though we are a blended family and we do a lot of things together, there are just some times when I'll do stuff with just money and CJ, mm-hmm. even in the house. Mm-hmm. And there are just some times where Chris will do something with Chris Jr., even in the house. And we just just talk about this is just the cost of a blended family. And that's just how it has to be sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Well, pretty soon you'll be an empty nester. And they can all go. <laughs> <laughs> are you counting down to that? <laughs> uh, They'll still come back. <laughs> yeah, you know, CJ only has about another year. So it just kind of is what it is. You know, I won't say I'm counting down to it, but I'm not struggling with the house being empty either. You know, some people are like, oh, I'm going to be so sad. Uh, I don't know that I will be. Yeah. <laughs> I know I won't be. <laughs> Although I will say that. I don't, I was telling someone today that I have no idea what it's like to just have one child at a time, you know, in a house because the oldest are twins. So I've always had multiples around me. Now that's what I think is going to be an adjustment for me. But you know what? It's funny that you would say that because I will say that one change with us only having one child in the house now. And because we went from having three at one time to having one because the other two, same grade, both went off to college at the same time. I think um, that with CJ, the youngest, Mm -hmm. we have two CJs, which is a whole nother issue, right? There's Chris Jr. and there's Cavell Jr. Mm -hmm. With um, CJ Cavell Jr., now that it's just the three of us, um, I have to be more conscious about inviting him to things mm. so he doesn't feel left out. Well, when he had the siblings, so if Chris and I went out to dinner and all three kids were home, it was no big deal. Like everybody got left at home. Right. But now I have to be more conscious about if we do that and um, Cavell not feeling left out. And so it's funny because he'll say, you all didn't ask me if I wanted to go to dinner. And then I'll call the next time and I say, do you want to go to dinner? He's like, no. And then one time he finally just started laughing. He was like, I really don't want to go. I just want you to ask me. Right. And so, yeah, consider his feelings, right? Yeah. 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 So, but you know, it's some (laughs) stuff I think is blended families, Agino. And then I think there's some things that are just like male, female things. And it's not about a blended family. It's just about a male, female perspective. I encourage families, blended families can work. Um, they they can work 
you make them work. You don't try to pick up another model of how somebody else is doing it. You protect your family and your household and you love one another and you treat each other with respect. You agree to disagree and they can work. Yeah. Well, you certainly have, and you have given me some hope because I'm tell you, I've been looking at the clock like, okay, when this person gets this age, then maybe it'll be okay. I think I just have in my head that it just, I don't know, not that it wouldn't work, but I, I, you know, I just always wonder how that dynamic would work with bringing somebody else in the fold. So this is, it's been very, very, helpful to me because I have to be honest with you although I have children um when I date now I will go on record as saying that my preference is that if I'm dating a man with children that his children are around the same age as my children I think that's fair enough yeah because I I have teenagers who are independent and I just don't want to start all over again. And I think what you highlight is being honest with yourself. And that's when we get ourselves into situations. I I don't necessarily want to start over with a 10 year old, right? Like I don't want to go through those things again. And if you're not honest with yourself about that, the re- I believe that the relationship will struggle. Yeah. I just, I removed myself from the beginning. I actually did that very recently with someone who, um, who has custody of his, of his child and they're like six or seven. I was like, oh no, I can't date him seriously. (laughs) Right. Like you don't even know your letter sounds. I can't do this. Right. (laughs) And, and that man was upset with me, told me that I was missing, uh, a godsend opportunity and I said well I guess I'll just have to ask God to send me somebody else because this is I don't want to be bothered so use it to bless somebody else okay right. thank you <laughs> so yeah again it's a lot of work that goes into it um a lot of conversation I think communication is really the key mm-hmm. um communication forgiveness Yes, absolutely. Here's a, a something that just crossed my mind, considering that, you know, you work in education. Um, I'm sure in your experience, having been, um, you know, an educator, now a building administrator, do you see sometimes um, where the dynamics or different situations with blended families may spill over into you know, the, the school, you know, impacting. So do you ever sit down with parents and try to, you know, kind of talk to them along those lines, considering that you have experience with having a blended family and talk about how that. Absolutely do. And, And sometimes I'll tell them like, you're wrong. So let me tell you what actually happened one time. This has been some years ago, but it was graduation time. And so we had given let's just say six tickets, right? Mom gets the tickets, mom and dad get into it. Dad calls the school. She won't give me a ticket to his graduation. So I'm the one that paid the fees. I'm like, well, have you talked to her? She, I mean, they were at odds. There was no talking to one another. Mom was not giving up the ticket. Now, the, the boy, the, the student had a good relationship with both of his parents. Mm-hmm. So he's the in-between. So you're telling me that the father, who you don't have a restraining order against, has not been physically abusive or emotionally abusive. You're mad. And so you're not giving him a ticket. This is a problem. Okay. All right, dad. Here's what I'm going to do. Come up to the school. How many tickets you need? Two, three, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. I gave them the tickets mm-hmm. and I called the mother and I said, so here's the thing. I understand that there is some conflict, but I also understand that you all actually have joint custody mm-hmm. and I will not be the one 
to deny dad from seeing him graduate because both of you all helped him get to the finish line. So she was like, I was going to give him a ticket. And I said, well, it took you too long. So I gave it to him already. Um, and so, yes, I'm willing to have those conversations because it's, it's that old, you know, African proverb that when, when the elephants fight, that the only thing that gets trampled is the grass, right? When parents fight, the only person who really suffers are the children. So ma'am, it's almost graduation morning and you haven't given up the ticket. And so, and so she was like, I was going to give him and his mama a ticket. Well, again, I gave it to him already. So I, I do, yeah. um, but I'm also able to position it in a way. And I try to build relationships with my families in okay. general, mm -hmm. that I can say some of those heavy things. And because I've shown them, you know, not just in words, but in action, mm -hmm. how much I love them and not just their child, but their family unit in general, that 98% of the time, you know, that they are, they're receptive to it. Moms, we've got to do better now. Seriously. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That uh, is I mean, it happens. It yeah. happens. Oh, I could go on and on with like blended family. And there's, there's a whole nother one for a whole nother day. If you ever want to have this topic, what happens when the blended family is same sex relationships? Because that is also awesome. something that, you know, that happens too. And I've had that one that we've had to negotiate. So you, you've got a lot of uh, topics. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was really really good um you've given me some things to think about i hope that um the audience has jotted down some notes and and your five tips that you've given us as well because i think this you you've shared just a wealth of of knowledge that we can all use all of us can do better because i know i just wrapped up uh, eighth grade graduation and I'm going to tell you my children said we were so proud of you you did well and I said thank you <laughs> oh my kids have told me that too like can, can you act nice I'm yeah. like yeah okay yep. yeah <laughs> and, and I did much better than what I did three years ago when the twins graduated from eighth grade because you would, I don't know if you've seen, but I posted pictures and there's a, a, a family picture that didn't happen for the last eighth grade graduation. So I think I'm in practice for senior year for class of 22. So, and you know what? And we'll end on this note. Let's talk about pictures. I am intentional about every event. Uh, you know, if, if both families are there, all of us taking a picture together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all I, of us. Yeah. And I, so I will say I do that, but I'm the one that's taking the picture or suggesting to take the picture. Some folks don't want to be in the picture. That happens. Yeah, but it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, we um, we really gel. Thank you. You you know. See, we could talk more about this parenting and blended family stuff and um, the education stuff. We could talk about that too. But this, I mean, because this is really the basis of some of the things that we're talking about definitely impacts what happens in the school building too, as well. So uh, thank you for um, agreeing to talk about this, uh, this topic too. I really appreciate it. And thank you for having me. And so until next time and next topic. Yes. All <laughs> right. Well, you take care. And for those of you who um, are tuning in, don't forget to like and share and follow the podcast and then leave a review. Send, you can email comments to info at ajinamohammed.com and or leave a comment on uh, Facebook. So until next time, continue to light it up and shine bright like a diamond. Thanks for joining me this week on Light It Up. Make sure you visit my website at www.lightituppodcast.com or www.ajinamohammed.com. 
You can also find me on social media using the handle at Light It Up Podcast. If you like what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or you can simply tell a friend about the show. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next time, light it up and shine bright like a diamond.